turn with me to 1 John, back in the back of your Bible, right before the book of Revelation. Well, not exactly, but way back there. There's a tiny little book there, Jude, after 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. But we've been talking about prayer, and this is week number 5. And so we've been discussing different types of prayer. And I will say this, we are not going to come close to exhausting the subject of prayer. You just don't have time. But there's so much more, but these are seeds, so to speak, that would help you in your life. And I've prayed and trying to travel down this path or the paths that God has set for us in this teaching. In other words, there's so much, you could just stay with it and stay with it and stay with it. And maybe someday we will do that with subjects where, you know, uh, you stay with something for a long time. I did a couple or a few years back, I think I taught 26 times on a subject on a Sunday morning about uh, growing up in God. Well, we could just keep teaching on that because these are endless subjects because we serve an endless God. And so, but 1 John 5 verse 20 even though these first two verses may not seem like prayer, uh, there's a significance in them, and I want to look at them. In 1 John 5, uh, verse 20, and it says, And we know, you with me? 1 John 5, verse 20. And we know that the Son of God has come. So the Son of God has come. We know that from history We know that probably personally, but we know that the Son of God has come, and. So, he came, and. This and right here is super important. He came, and. We know he came and died. We know he came and rose again. We know he came and did a lot of things. I mean, you could read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you can see a bunch of the things he did. He came and. But here it says he came, that he has come and has. So this is something he has done. He has given us an understanding. Now, when he's talking here, he's not talking about the general population. He's talking about believers. People who have given their life to Jesus actually have an understanding. They have an understanding. When you get saved, when you give your life to the Lord, you have an understanding. Notice this you have an understanding. You do understand things. You do have an understanding. Now, I'm going to make this statement. This is not a mental understanding, but it will affect your mentality. But he said, you have an understanding. Notice this, that or so that. This is the purpose of this understanding that came because you received Jesus. This is the purpose of this understanding, that you may know him. He gave you an understanding so you might know him. Isn't it true, before I was serving God, God was not real to me. I mean, I heard things. I mean, I knew he existed, but he wasn't real like I know him now. It's like I understand him now. I have an understanding that I didn't have before. 
And you cannot convey this to somebody. You can't. They'll think you're crazy. Why, why'd you come to this church? Why did you stay here? Because something's happening in me. God dealt with me. That's an understanding. You have that from God. People have an understanding. You know things by this understanding. And it was given to you by Him. And people say, well, why, do we, why did you move? Why did you do this? Why, why are you doing the things that you do? Why don't you do some of the things you do? You know, there's a scripture in Peter that says that the world will think you're crazy, basically, if you don't run to the same excesses you once did. You know, you get saved and you have an understanding about life and serving God, so it causes people to change their lifestyle. And it's not like you just get some big hammer hit on top of the head. They just understand different. Life is different. And how did you get this understanding? You got it when you got saved. And there isn't a child of God that doesn't have this. Every person who has received Jesus got an understanding. And what does this understanding do? It causes you to know God. I know him. See, the world might go, no, come on. But I have an understanding when I receive the Lord and I know him. I have an understanding, and you do too. And it's not a mental understanding. Notice this, that we may know him who is true, and we are in him who is true, in his son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God, and, and Jesus is the true God. This is the true God and eternal life. They're interchangeable. But we have an understanding. We understand. We have eternal life. People, we, we tell people we're saved. We have an understanding. Notice this. Turn to Proverbs. Actually, you don't need to turn there. If you're taking notes, you can write it down. But I'm going to read this from the King James. I normally read from the New King James. But Proverbs 20, verse 27. Now, we have an understanding. If you've given your life to the Lord, you have an understanding. The key is this. Where is this understanding? And if I have an understanding, can I cooperate with this understanding and understand more? In other words, God has given me an understanding. He is trying to get me to understand and know stuff. He is. And if I can find out where this understanding is, that's good. Right? I mean, the Beverly Hillbillies, Uncle Jed shot his shotgun when he was out coon hunting. If you don't know the story, you need to go to YouTube. And he shot, and he hit oil, and they were poor as could be. And this bubbling crude came up, oil. It's Texas tea. It's black gold. And it was all those things. And that oil came bubbling up. The younger people are like, what, what's he talking about? <laughs> but the Beverly Hillbillies was a good show in my opinion. But there was something underground. They were, he was ultimately rich, but he was poor because he didn't know. And then the issue is he had to hit the right spot in order to tap into that 
Texas tea or that black gold, which was oil. And when he did, by accident, he tapped into a source that changed his whole life. And we can have a source, and if we don't know where it is, we might accidentally shoot in that direction and get something. But if you purposefully find out where it is, how to tap in, then that understanding can increase in your life. What understanding? The things that have been freely given to us, knowing God better. But the key is where is it and how or what things can I do to connect with that understanding that you have. Now, it's not when you get to heaven that you're going to know everything. You, now, don't, I, don't hear me say something I didn't say. I didn't say, you know, because some people do think they know everything. Here, they don't. But you can know and keep knowing more and more and more concerning spiritual things and things that God knows. God knows the future. He knows how to do things. He, he knows things. Notice this in Proverbs. I'm going to read this myself here. Proverbs 20, 27 says this, The spirit of a man. So he's talking about the spirit, the human spirit. You are a spirit being. When we know that when a person dies, the Bible said the spirit, you know, when the, when the spirit leaves the body, the body's dead being alone. So the spirit and the body are not the same. But here he said, the spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord. Now, we don't use candles much like we used to. Well, maybe some people do. But candles were a major thing in, you know, scene and, you know, for light. So when he said the spirit of man is the candle, we might say today the lamp or the light bulb. Or you could say it like this, the place where light comes. The spirit of a man is where you get your understanding. You know, like people say, a light bulb went on. What does that mean? They're dumber? No, it means they know more. They got an idea. The light went on. I see it. And so when he said the spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord, then it makes this statement, and this is why I wanted to read this. It says, searching all the inward parts of the belly. Why is this important? Because when you have an understanding, it's not a feeling. When you have an understanding from the Lord, it's not mental. Now, it can you can pick it up with your mentality, but it doesn't originate in your mentality. It originates way down inside where this understanding is, where God enlightens you and where God enlightens me. He said, in your belly. As a matter of fact, Jesus, one time, when he was talking to people, he said, if you're thirsty, he said, come unto me and drink. As the scripture has said, you know, he talked about drinking and getting filled with the Holy Spirit. He said, out of your belly in the King James will flow rivers of living water. He said, thus he spoke of the Holy Spirit who was not yet given. So there is an understanding inside of a believer that's good to know. Because don't we in our lives come sometimes and think, I don't know, I don't know what to do. What am I going to do? And what if God 
has given us a way to know what to do if we can cooperate. What if we go to read the Bible and we don't see stuff and we're like, man, I want to see more. And you're hungry to see more in the Bible and know more that's in the Bible. But he's given us an understanding. Are there things we can do to connect with this understanding that he has given us? How do we get understanding and light? Well, ultimately, it comes from the Spirit of God teaching and directing and guiding you inside. We know that from Scripture, but for time's sake, we don't have time to look at them this morning. But He teaches. The Bible said He gave in 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, or 1 Corinthians 2 and the 12th verse and the 14th verse, he said that the Spirit was given to you so you might know the things that were freely given to you. And the 14th verse says that the natural man or the natural mind does not receive the things of God for they are foolishness unto him because they are spiritually understood. You understand them in your spirit. That's important. That's why you can know something, you don't have to figure it out in your head, and you can be totally satisfied in God and go, that's the right answer right there. I know what to do. Everybody else says do this, but I know do this. And you can know it because you have an understanding. But is there something we can do as believers that can help us connect and tap in to this ultimate source, God communicating and dealing with you inside so you have a greater understanding. No matter what you face, he has information that can help you. You just need to get it. So just like the Beverly Hillbillies, if you know where it's at, that's a good thing. Now you got to dig. You got to do some things. Now I'm going to talk about one subject. This is not the only thing or the only way to connect with this understanding, but it is real, and it is right, and it is a huge way to connect. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians, the 14th chapter. And so we're talking about praying. This is a type of praying that will help you to dig, so to speak, or connect. Now, if you get this understanding in your spirit, then you're not getting it in your mind and you're not getting it in your body, you're getting this understanding in your spirit. It's where God gives you an understanding. So I want to know how then not to connect just with my feelings because feelings are in your body, aren't they? You can feel real cheerful or not. You know, like, whoo, you know, I'm tired. But that's not where he's giving you this information. He's communicating to your spirit, not just to your mind, but your mind can be affected by this information. It's sad that the world has so emphasized, especially in our nation, the education of the mind and the development of the body above the development of the spirit. And we have come to the place where we said, this is how it's always been, and this is how, you know, what was always intended. No God in school, no Bible in school. It's interesting, you know, that that is what, that's what was intended. That's what they say. 
and, you know, separation of church and state, you know, it's never written in the documents. So it's interesting if you read the Bill of Rights and the Constitution, how they start, how they, what they say in them. These are inalienable rights given by our Creator. So they didn't want God in this. They didn't want God in this. Now, they, they go down here and interpret the laws as if there is no God and they didn't want God, but they started with these things that we're about to talk about are inalienable rights given by our Creator. So, of course, God doesn't want us to talk about Him. Aren't rights given by the Creator? Freedom of speech is not so we can throw F-bombs all around. If you don't know what those are, good for you. But most people do. Well, they got a right to free speech. No, that's not an inalienable right given by their creator. But an inalienable right given by their creator is to be able to speak freely about him and his things. Not every God. Freedom of religion isn't so other people could come and practice their religion here. Because that's not an inalienable right given by the Creator. Just read the Bible. When they had false gods, what did they do? God said, well, it's an inalienable right given by our Creator. No, they went and knocked over the idols. Not here. But you understand things have gotten twisted and gotten whacked out. And that's not what God wants. But God has given us an understanding. So we can know stuff. So we can walk with him. You with me? But what has happened in the school system is they've developed the body to a degree. And then they've worked on the mind and then just said, you know, whatever about spiritual things, find your own way. But that's not how it started. In other words, it used to be a huge practice in public schools to get the gospel into kids, first, second, third, fourth, fifth grade. You say, well, how do you know that? Because my grandmother, who is 98, will be 99 in, a, in, in July, um, has a, a school book, a public school book from her great-grandmother. And um, she, she knows I want it. <laughs> She's got a bunch of cool stuff, but she knows. And my uncles know, and they actually put a note in it and set it aside. It's a school book from the mid, little before mid-1800s. <clears throat> and I, it's real cool, you know, I mean, real nice, you know, it's a, a real cool book. But I go, and almost every time I'm there, I look in this book. And I've taken pictures. And you remember Indian ink? Anybody remember that, that art form of Indian ink? And it's just, you know... The book has a bunch of illustrations in Indian ink, but it's actually for multiple ages. It's how to learn the alphabet. It's a public school book. You say, well, we're talking about prayer. Right, we're talking about the spirit, your spirit, having an understanding and how we've neglected to feed it. A is for, and it's big A made out of Indian ink. It's all done real nice. And there's a picture of Adam and Eve and just the leaves and a serpent. And it said, A is for Adam in the garden. Half of the alphabet is Bible stuff. All, remember Dick and Jane, when I was younger, that's who we had, you know. And they went up the hill and all that. And, you know, they, were, they did all their stuff and whoever they were. Remember them? 
the little red book, everything with the red thing on the top. Well, we had that. They had something different. They learned how to set structures of sentences using Bible verses. Half of the book is pictures about like Peter walking on the water and how this sentence works and, you know, a phrase here. And then as it goes through the book for the ages, it gets more complex. Half of it or more than half of it is all Bible stuff. So they were educating the human spirit with truth because Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The reason we need gun control is because we have people out of control. You with me? We don't really need gun control. And it's a right from God to defend yourself. But that being said, people, it, it's, the truth has been taken out, and we've only majored on the mentality, and that's why science has tried to draw people away, because you get rid of God, you get rid of the human spirit and what needs to be done, and that you're in need of a Savior, and all these things. So that being said, you do have a spirit. I have a spirit. We all have a spirit. But your spirit, when it gets born again, has an understanding. You can know stuff that the rest of the world doesn't know, but God has given his son so they could know it. And so we have ignored the spirit as the most part and then just tried to be spiritual on our own terms. But there is a way to connect with this and tap into this understanding so that you can know and recognize and know the dealings of God. And the sad thing is, is that there have been things that have been said that have actually misguided us. Like, God will speak to you, and then we think he's going to speak in an audible voice. He can, but it's fewer and further in between that he does it that way. It's just a knowing, an inward intuition. You know, those are terms, like Paul said, I perceive that this journey will be with much trouble. He wasn't perceiving it in his head, because you cannot tell what's happening when everything looks good. You with me? But he had an understanding. He knew, and he actually, what we're about to talk about, said he did this more than everybody in this one whole church. And he knew stuff constantly. Why? He tapped into the understanding that wasn't a feeling, that wasn't mental, but it was spiritual. It was God communicating, God dealing with them. And so here in 1 Corinthians, the 14th chapter, I'm going to begin reading here in the 14th verse. And remember, what is the name of our series, If I Pray? Isn't it interesting as we've looked at different verses, they have that term, sometimes exactly like that, and sometimes, you know, close to that. Because here's the thing, if you don't pray, then you don't get benefited by that prayer or that type of prayer, right? We talked about worry last week. If you don't start putting that into practice, then if you don't, if you don't then you may just live a worryful life when you don't have to because God cares for you. And he would like to take the things and work on them and fix things, but people don't know and so they just bear the load, and they live in worry and fear, and it just is tormenting, and it doesn't need to be that way. But notice this verse right here, for if I pray, notice that, 14, 14, if I pray. So this is a if I pray, but notice if I pray 
in a tongue, other translations say, an unknown tongue. So if I pray in an unknown tongue, and we know from Paul's writings here, even at the end of this chapter, he said, you all may pray this way. But he said, if I pray in a tongue or an unknown tongue, my spirit prays. That's huge. My spirit prays or my spirit is active. Well, is that important? Is it important that your spirit be active? Yeah, absolutely, because that's where you get information from God. He said, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding, which we would say our mentality, is unfruitful. Notice this. We have a mental understanding, but we have a spiritual understanding. There is a video that's out on YouTube from some professor who wasn't a Christian, taught on different people, or did some tests on different people praying from all different kinds of religions. Then he got people in there that prayed in tongues, and he connected it to their minds, and he noticed different things on all of them were all the same. Until the person who started speaking in tongues, it, he said and they showed the stuff and they did interviews, that the part that produces speech actually stopped working. Well, we didn't need that. The Bible said your mind's unfruitful. Jesus said, out of your spirit you'd pray this way. But notice this. He said, but your understanding is unfruitful. I'm going to read this from the Amplified Bible. He said, for if I pray in an unknown tongue... My spirit, by the Holy Spirit within me, prays. But my understanding is, or my mind is unproductive. It bears no fruit and helps nobody. Notice this. If I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit, my spirit, notice this. By the Holy Spirit within me prays. My spirit, by the help of the Holy Spirit, prays. I, in other words, it's not the Holy Spirit praying this way. It's my spirit by the help of the Holy Spirit. Every time people got filled with the Spirit in the Bible, whether it was Acts 2, Acts you know, or you know, in in Acts the tenth uh, chapter or the eighth chapter or the nineteenth uh, chapter, you see different times where they got filled. Like in Acts nineteen, Paul laid his hands on them. He he said, actually, have you received the Holy Spirit since you got saved? So you can have the Holy Spirit, but there's a difference between having and being filled. It's the same Spirit. It's not a different Spirit. It's just a filling of what you already have. It's maybe even better to say this, a filling to overflowing of what you already have. Him who lives in you. And so he said, you know, when he talked about this spirit in you and being filled with the spirit, he, this overflow comes from within. Same spirit, just more of the same. 
But he laid hands on them, and it said, and they were filled with the Spirit and began to speak in tongues or, and to prophesy. Notice it said they began to speak in tongues and to prophesy. But notice the next part. As the Spirit gave them the utterance. The Spirit gave them the utterance. So he helped them to do this. Notice it, he didn't make them do this. They had to cooperate. They connected with their spirit by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And they spoke in tongues and prophesied. In other words, the Spirit influenced them and they cooperated. It's interesting to me that that is exactly how all Scripture came. The Bible said in Peter that all Scripture was given by inspiration of God. And, and, but then it goes on to talk about, actually that's Timothy, but he said no, but in Peter he said no Scripture was of any private interpretation or literally the meaning is private origin. For holy men, he talks about later on how holy men of old spoke as they were moved by the Spirit. Who did the speaking? Man. How did they speak the Scriptures or pen them by being moved by the Holy Spirit? Same Spirit. It's interesting there in the 19th chapter in the 6th verse when he laid hands on them, they spoke and prophesied, but they also spoke by the same Spirit and spoke in tongues. Why would this be helpful when it comes to having an understanding? Because your spirit is active. He said, my spirit, by the help of the Holy Spirit or by the Holy Spirit within me, prays, but my mind is not bearing the fruit. It's not coming. That's why Jesus said, out of your innermost being. When you get filled with the Spirit. It's from way down inside. When you get an understanding from God, where does it come? When you really know something, it comes from way down inside. You just, you just know. Because you have an understanding. Because God enlightens your spirit and gives direction. So if I pray this way in an unknown tongue, it's my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me. So I'm having to do the speaking, but he filled me. I got filled and he gives the utterance. Notice, he said, if I pray this way, my spirit prays. My spirit becomes active. My spirit becomes active. Have you ever been faced with a decision and your head is spinning? Oh, man, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Oh, no, what am I going to do? You are not going to get a good understanding in your mind unless you just map it out on your own. But you can get an understanding in your spirit from God. But isn't it interesting when you pray this way, your mind becomes unfruitful? It doesn't produce this. It comes from within. Your spirit becomes active in the Lord. Well, if my spirit is active, then I'm going to be con become conscious of my own spirit, which is the place by which God deals with us as believers. Do you have to pray this way to get this understanding? No, but it is definitely set forth in the Bible to help you. You with me? And so he said you can pray this way. And when you pray, your spirit 
becomes active. In other words, you tap in to the place where knowledge is, where or is grasped and where understanding is taken hold of. And then when you get it there, you can get it in your mind. You with me? It's not about a feeling. I'm really, when I pray this way, joining forces in prayer beyond my mind. And didn't the Bible say, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own, under, your own understanding? We have our own understanding, but he's given us an understanding too. And he said, don't lean there, but he said, how can I lean here? I got to get conscious. I've got to become aware. And when I'm praying this way, he is actively helping me. I'm doing the praying, but he's giving the utterance. And what happens is I become spirit conscious where he lives. He lives in my spirit. He lives in your spirit when you get saved. And so if he lives there, does he know anything? No, I didn't think so. No, he knows everything. You know, the Bible said in 1 Corinthians 2, who knows the things of the Spirit of God? Who knows the things of God but the Spirit of God? And then in that same context, he said he was given to you so you might know freely all things that were given to you. Well, how are you going to know them? You're going to know them inside. And when you pray this way, you actually do something to your own spirit. If you go to the gym enough and work out, not just go and go, oh, check this out. You can get like green, this kind of drink or this thing and leave. If you actually go there and work out, your muscles will get stronger. Some people are like, I don't know about this. <laughs> if you go there, not just one time, but you make this a habit, eventually you're going to become aware of your own muscles. Did you have them before you went? No. Yes, you did. They just weren't. Did? You know, I remember when I first started working out when I was little. Now, obviously, I'm not talking about working out recently. But when I was little, when I worked out and younger, I remember when I first started, because, you know, junior high, high school, people start working out. I remember I'd go to flex, and it was like my arm went backwards here. I was like, how do those people have that and I don't? And then you do it and you don't even have a line. And it seemed like when I started working out, finally I had like a little line there. I couldn't even get it to curl up into a ball. But did that mean I didn't have muscles? No, I had them. They were underdeveloped. And so as I stayed with it, I started developing the muscles I already had. You already have an understanding you already have a born-again spirit if you've received the Lord. You already have the life of God in there. The Bible said, he who has the Son has eternal life in you. You've been made a new creation in Christ Jesus already. The old has passed away. You already have power and authority but in the Lord, but you may not be conscious of it because you're going by your own feelings or your own reasonings. But he's given you an understanding so you could know, and he put his spirit in there for you to understand. And so when we have this understanding, can we tap in and get stronger in accessing this? Well, like me, I got stronger and stronger. And uh, 
No, I guess not that strong. Not like Mr. Universe or something like that. Not even Mr. Neighborhood. But um, I did get stronger. And it got to the point where then my, the veins would stick out. You said, well, you're not there right now. I know. I'm talking about the past. But the veins would start sticking out different places in my arms and stuff like that. How did I get there? I had the muscle. I did something and became dedicated to it. And as I did it, the muscle that I already had became stronger. And not only did I start noticing it, other people could notice. People start noticing. The Bible said if you give, Paul writing to Timothy, a young minister, he said give yourself wholly or completely to these things. That's how you serve God. You just give your life to it. He said, then your progress will become evident to all people. And as I worked out, my pro- I noticed other people in school, I'd go, they're progressing and working out because you'd see their arms get bigger. And so you're doing it. And then after a while, after the first week, you look huge, right? <laughs> after the first six months, you're massive. No, it takes time. And you have an understanding just like you have muscles. And as you pray this way, you can get stronger. And then you tap in spiritually to something that's already there in you. An understanding. The Bible said in 1 John 2.20, he said, You have an unction or an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. You have an understanding. You have something. But sometimes people are so caught up with their body and their mind, they haven't strengthened themselves spiritually. Notice this. Go back to the the second verse. No, we'll go to verse 4. He who speaks in an unknown tongue or a tongue, 1 Corinthians 14, 2, edifies himself. What himself gets edified and what is edifying? What does that mean to be edified? It means to be built up. When you pray in an unknown tongue, you edify yourself. Who is yourself he's talking about? Your mind? Your body? No, yourself is your spiritual part of you. He said, you edify, notice, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. He who lifts weights builds his own muscles. He who does not lift weights does not build his own muscles. I cannot build your muscles by lifting weights. Can I? No. There just comes a point where you know what you can lift and you start. And you may not be where you want to be, but you might be a wannabe. (laughs) I want to be there. Then you got to know what it takes to get from here to there. And you got to be realistic. Some people are not realistic. You with me? They think, well, I've I've been going at this for like six months now, this Christian serve the Lord business. What's going on? I've, I've been totally dedicated for a week right? If that's your plan for losing weight or getting muscles built up in your life, just back off. Get a good mental understanding that could take some time. 
You know, the only way to really lose weight real fast, I know this works, is you go into one of those mines where it collapses and then they dig you out in like a month and a half or two months and you lose all kinds of weight and stuff like that. But that's not a real practical way. You just have to know. It takes time to do some things and it takes time to build yourself up. But he said this, he who speaks in a tongue edifies, improves, and builds up himself. But he who prophesies, edifies, builds up, and improves the church. So when you pray this way, it's a personal type of prayer. We're a spirit-filled church. But I've had people say, well, why don't you just all speak in tongues on Sunday morning? Because Paul talked about that. The same person who wrote this said, I'd rather speak five words in my known tongue in the church that they might be edified than 10,000 in an unknown tongue. Why? Because if he got up and spoke 10,000 words in an unknown tongue, he would get built up, but nobody else would. That, but if you keep reading, he, he wasn't opposed to speaking in tongues because he said, I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all. Yet in the church, or you go up instead of down, sorry, in that verse. But literally, he said, in the church, I'd rather do it this way. But he said, I'd do it more than everybody, but not in the church. Right? What if you had a personal trainer, and when it was time for you to go to the gym, they did all the exercises for you? Some people are like, if I could get the results, that would be awesome. But you don't. So if you get a preacher that all he does is speak in tongues at church, he's doing it, he's getting the benefit, you're not. So you got to come, you got to listen, but on your own, you've got to do things too to tap into this understanding that you actually already have. Now, can you know things right away when you're saved? Absolutely. But we're not talking about understanding, just, you know, I have an understanding. We're talking about how to connect. And if I edify my own spirit by praying this way, and that's where I have the understanding, and that's where he communicates, then I can have a better understanding, or I could say it this way, I can connect better with the understanding I got with him. And remember, this understanding helps you to know him. Isn't it cool that when you got saved, he gave you something to know him? And then he told us about this, you know, Acts 2, 38, 39 through there, after they were all filled with the Spirit, and they were preaching their first message, and they spoke with tongues, and the people were like, what is this? He told them, he said, this promise is to you, to your children, your children's children, and many be afar off, as many as the Lord our God should call. It's for whoever gets saved. Can you go to heaven without, without this? Absolutely. Can you be a good Christian without this? Yes. The sad thing is some spirit-filled Christians don't act uh, as separated as some non-spirit-filled. I didn't say people without the Spirit because we all have the Spirit if we're saved. And people do and are aware of the Spirit who's in them. Here's the big thing. The Spirit who's in you, who teaches you, will teach you this. He tries to guide us, right? Didn't the Bible say in 
in John 16. He'll guide you into all truth. That's why people get hungry. That's why people want more. Because they're tapping in to the understanding that's already in them. You don't have that hunger by yourself. I mean, in some degree, as a spiritual person, you want to know God without the Lord. But there is something about hungering for greater. It's because the Spirit's trying to take us on. And we might just think, I'm so hungry for the things of God. No, that's because of that understanding. That's because of God. But if you're just only conscious of your body and only conscious of your mind, then you miss out on things. But could I do something that would help me to tap in to this understanding in a greater way? To get stronger inside so that He could help me in a greater way. Man, you can know stuff regardless. If you just, even if you're not filled with the Spirit, if you spend time praying and get your mind quiet, you'll recognize things on the inside. You with me? I remember I went to a Spirit-filled church when I first got saved, or actually after a few weeks because I was in this other church. I was so hungry. I was like, I was, the first week I was like, woohoo! And then somebody with me is like, after two weeks, they're like, let's leave. Let's go over to your friend's church. I'm like, nope, we're staying here. Or at least I'm staying here. And, but I was so hungry and it wasn't doing it. They didn't persuade me to leave. I was like, I need more. There's got to be more. And so I went to this church and then they were a bunch of these people who were spirit filled and they spoke in tongues, but they did it all in church. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. And tongues and interpretation are fine or prophecy and all that stuff in church. But this, this way is not appropriate. You with me? But I will say like Paul, I, well, I shouldn't because I don't know. Maybe a bunch of people speak a lot in tongues, but I pray in tongues quite a bit. But I praise God quite a bit. And I meditate on the word and do different think on certain things and but the issue is this. I went to that church. I knew there was something different. It was the same thing, but a lot more of it. Even though it looked different to me, I knew they had more. I knew it. I knew it. I looked at, they got more. But, I, but what is this more? You know, and then it became very apparent and then the pastor's like, you want, my friend's like, hey, we should go over to the church and just drop by and the pastor will pray for you to get filled with the Spirit. I was like, we were working and we were driving in the same truck, so you, you know, okay. So he prayed with me and I got filled with the Spirit and I was like, hey, there's something to this. It was just more of what I already had. It's not something different when you're saved. That's what I think some people think. Something different. Isn't water water? Right? Jesus said in John 4, when, when a person gets saved, he, he said, in you would be a well of salvation bubbling up unto everlasting life. But John 7, three chapters later, he talked about being filled with the Spirit, and he said it would be like rivers flowing out of you. Water's water. 
right? It's just a matter of being filled to overflowing. When we were younger, my brother um, uh, had this car, and, you know, we wanted a cool car or whatever, and he got a car, and he, uh, everybody shows off. No, not everybody does. We shouldn't. But he did and went up the street, and they had freshly filled all the cracks and then put literally this little gravel all over the whole road. And they had these signs, you know. So he went to do a U-turn and show us how he could do this. And um, he turned and went right up on the curb and just got stopped about a foot short or past the fire hydrant. You better believe. It was there. The water was there. It just wasn't freely flowing yet. We had neighbors on the other street come over because they could see the thing shooting up. And we even have an old picture of my brother just standing there like this. And the fighters go, <laughs> And they had just slurried the street. So, of course, they covered the plate to where the fire, you know, they turned the fire hydrant off, you know, underground. But there was something already there. There just needed, just needed some help. You with me? Just, just needed some help. And sure enough, when my brother came, the help that was needed to get that flowing, and it just flooded the whole street, changed everything. And uh, you, if you're saved, have something. And it's not hard to get filled with the Spirit. You with me? It's not. And it is a source for you to strengthen yourself and to speak to God. Because if you go back and read when you pray in an unknown tongue, you speak to God, not to men. 